Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Thank him for all his blessings. Let's get our Bibles tonight. And we are going to the book of Luke chapter 11. The book of Luke chapter 11. And uh, tonight our, our study is going to be on pray like Jesus. Can you say that? Pray like Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, I want to pray like you. I want to learn how to pray as the example you've given to us. Amen. Let's just put our Bibles down for a few moments and lift up our voices in this place today. Oh, God, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for a chance, uh, Father, to praise you, to worship you. Lord, I ask that your anointing would be upon us in the study of your word tonight. God, we give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voices. Let's praise him in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Let's magnify him now. Oh, has he been good to you? Why don't you praise him? Why don't you praise him today? Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Pray like Jesus. Jesus is the absolute example. I've got in my notes, he's the best example, but really there is no other example, so he's the absolute example. When it comes to everything, especially with a lifestyle of prayer and, and to, to pray, Lord, teach us to pray. You'll find that the disciples of Jesus were already devout Jews. Most of them anywhere. anyway were devout Jews. And they believed as devout Jews in praying and seeking God. Matter of fact, it was a custom for a Jew to pray three times a day. Three times a day. And the Jews were and still are very committed to prayer. Uh, as Hebrews, they knew how to pray. They would cite or recite the Shama uh, at least twice a day. That is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And they would say that aloud with, with their hands over their, their eyes in humility, but also proclaiming loudly that, that there is one God, one exclusive God, and then they would continue on throughout that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, saying things and reciting, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. So they knew how to pray. They were Hebrews. Hebrews pray. They still pray today. Um, but they prayed. But after observing Jesus, 
They wanted to pray like him. They were praying, but they there was something different about the way that Jesus prayed, the way that their teacher prayed. And so it was it was it was a compelling uh, uh, request. Lord, teach us to pray. They could have asked him a lot of different things. They could have said, teach us to do miracles. Teach us to heal the sick. Teach us uh, uh, how to deal with the Pharisees. Teach us. And, 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 but they didn't even ask, teach us how to pray. They said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They didn't ask about a new method of prayer. They didn't ask about right words. Lord, teach us right words. Uh, uh, but they said, teach us to pray. You know, it's interesting. We can talk about prayer. We can talk about methods of prayer. We can talk about, you know, how we're going to study prayer and, and ideas about prayer. But really, prayer isn't prayer until you pray. Teach us to pray. I think we can get bogged down in formulas and ideas and thoughts, but the main thing is pray. Uh, my dad had uh, notebooks, and uh, we I still have some. They were the 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 composite or what do you call those those kind of notes composition notebooks that he wrote names down, and he would pray. And I counted in one of his notebooks over five hundred names that he called out to the Lord in prayer. Many of you had your name in those notebooks that he prayed for you every day. That was his way of praying. And uh, it's not a matter of finding uh, somebody else's method that works for them. Find something that works for you. But the main thing is pray, pray, pray. Let's, let's begin with the understanding of the Son of Man, who the Son of Man. Jesus is the Son of Man. To understand the prayer life of Jesus, we need to be reminded of his humanity. One of the greatest wonders, one of the greatest beliefs of the Bible is the oneness of God. It is a powerful revelation when it hits you and you come to the under, understanding of, of what is stated in John chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Then in verse 14 it says, and that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. You find that in the beginning, the word or the logos, the thought, the intent was with God and the thought was God and that thought, that word became flesh. In verse 14, Jesus then is God, the word of God being manifested in flesh and dwelling among humanity as the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For Paul put it like this, it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, should all fullness dwell. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus was, if you'll notice in Scripture, it'll be the Son of God, capitalized S. You'll find that it is mentioned Son of Man with a little M or a small M. 
Jesus was the Son of God in that he was born of the Spirit of God that overshadowed Mary, and she conceived and was with child. But he was also the Son of Man in that he was born of flesh in the form of man. Jesus was at the same time God and Man, he was fully God and fully man. While we readily maintain that Jesus is God, according to Scripture, manifest in the flesh, and we worship him as the king eternal, and we exalt him as Lord of all, we must never minimize his humanity. It required humanity to come to, for there to be salvation. Before we could be saved, there had to be a man born to shed his blood to bring about salvation. The birth of the only begotten son is the most significant event in the course of history. We celebrate it as Christmas, but the moment of Bethlehem's birth, when he was born, amen, you will find that it may have gone unnoticed by the masses at that time. But now from the history on, he has been the central figure of the world. While the sons of past kings and future kings and potentates and emperors would receive wide acclaim and celebration for their, their birth, the Son of God came and was born, as we heard Sunday, preached a man behind the pulpit that he was born in a manger. Hope born in a manger. Hope born in a stable. Praise God. So he was, we have to establish that before we teach on the praying like Jesus, we need to establish that he was both God and man as he was deity manifested in humanity. While the man, Jesus, had a will of his own, he committed that will to the will of the Father. As man, he chose obedience. Somebody say he chose obedience. He chose submission. He chose to humbly follow after the will of his father. Jesus wrestled. If you look at it in the garden, he wrestled with his own flesh, but he surrendered to the will of the father when he said, I would that this cup pass from me. I know where I'm headed. As God, he knew where he was going. He understood, but as man, he said, I wish that this cup could pass from me. But nevertheless, what did he say? Not my will, but thy will be done. Look at John chapter 5 and verse 18. John 5 and 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Well, that messed up their playhouse, didn't it? Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is emphasizing his submission as human to the will of the divine. He is submitting his will to the fathers. What is he showing us? 
us is that the most important thing you can do in this face of this earth is submit your life to the will of God. As a human being walking on this earth, you and I must submit our reasoning, our will, our approach to the will of the Father. Jesus did not then casually approach prayer, but it was in prayer where he was seeking to do the will of his Father. He made it important that he commune with the Father. He made it important that he was, as, as man, was communing with the will of the Father. So as the Son of Man, Jesus prayed as man for not only the purpose that we would learn, but that as human, he would say, I know the will of the Father. Now, let's move on to, to, the, to the next point, and that is we are called to be sons. Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. We are born again, sons and daughters of the King. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, to join heirs with Christ. Amen. The ultimate aim of redemption is that we all become the manifested sons of God. For we find in verse 28 of Romans chapter 8, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated, listen to this, to be conformed to the image of his son. You are predestinated in life. I believe that God has a plan for every human being to be into the image, made into the image of Christ. Can't be that unless I've been born again. Can't become that unless I've been born again of water and of spirit. But as a newborn child of God, I am predestinated to be conformed in his image. So how Jesus lived is how I'm to live. How Jesus walked on the face of the earth in humility, in kindness, in character, in love. Amen. I am not the Christ, but I need to act like Christ. Right? We need to act like Christ. It says that we are predestinated to be conformed. Everybody say conform. That means to be to made into the form like of. The Holy Spirit is working in us to be sons and daughters of God. As many as are, the, are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. The ultimate purpose of God then is working in your life to be more like Jesus. To be more like Jesus. One of the ways that we are conformed into the image of his son is learn to pray like Jesus. I think sometimes we set up the, 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 the thought that well, Jesus is, is God manifested in the flesh so I can never pray like Jesus. I can never live like Jesus. Hallelujah. But the Lord gave us his spirit so that we can. The Lord has given us his spirit so that we can. Amen. I want to talk about eight ways Jesus prayed that we can learn how to pray like Jesus. <clears throat> when God would win back the world, he robed himself in flesh, took on the form of man. The last Adam, speaking of Jesus Christ, would live and love like no other. 
He would speak like no other. He would teach like no other. He would serve like no other. And he would pray like no other. The gospel refers to Jesus praying over 32 times. Over 32 times we find in the gospels Jesus praying. He taught on prayer. He modeled prayer. He prayed. It is significant as we go through this list tonight, it is significant that most of the incidents are found in Luke. Most of the instances, why is that? Well, you know what? I love how you begin to study the depiction of Jesus in the Gospels. In Matthew, Matthew depicts Jesus as the king who was revealed through the promised seed of David. If you open up the book of Matthew, you get those genealogies. This one begat that one, this one begat that one, this one begat that one, and this one begat that one, and on and on. But if you come down and look at that, it is following the line of David to come to Jesus. So it depicts Jesus, Matthew does, under the inspiration of the Lord as Jesus the king. Mark refers to him as the wonderful servant. If you look at Mark, there is no genealogy. Servants don't have genealogy. Paul said he came and took upon the form of a servant, Philippians chapter 3. He came to be a servant, and so there is no genealogy listed in Mark. In John, you will find that is revealed as the word made flesh. John depicts the divinity of Jesus. There's no genealogy in John, is there? So there's no genealogy that portrays the servant side of Jesus, and there's definitely no genealogy that portrays the deity side of Jesus. But when you find Luke, the doctor, he emphasizes the humanity of Jesus. He portrays him as the son of man. The physician, Luke was a physician, shows him in typology as the son of man. The man Christ Jesus prayed intently and extensively. You will find the prayers of Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves, two fishes. Jesus prayed and the widow woman's son was raised to life. Jesus prayed and the blind began to see. Lazarus came out of the tomb. Miracles began to happen. The disciples, however, didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to work miracles. They didn't ask him, teach us how to feed the hungry when we don't have money. He didn't, they didn't ask him to raise, how do you raise the dead? They said, teach us to pray like you pray. We want to pray like you pray. Jesus taught and demonstrated the necessity of prayer. It was very important. He practiced it and he taught the principles. His ministry was so multifaceted and powerful and wonderful because of, of, of him being who he was. Jesus spent, if you begin to study him, a great deal of time in prayer. He got up before dawn to go pray. He prayed all night. When it came time to heal the lepers, cast out devils, raise the dead, you know what Jesus did? He'd spend like 30 seconds praying, devils come out, blind see. But if you go back, the disciples knew and they watched him behind the scene as he was showing us the way to pray is that if you want to get to that point, we want to run to the miracle and begin to pray a 30-second prayer for a miracle, so instead we spend hours praying for a miracle where the Lord said, I want to show you how to pray. If you'll pray to find the will of the Father, it won't take you long to pray for your miracle. 
It won't take long for you to understand to pray for a miracle. Jesus came and said to the devils, come out. But he had already understood as, as man the will was to do that. The will of the Father was to do that. Let's look at some examples. I want to show you uh, some examples here of, of Jesus' prayer life. Number one, Jesus prayed privately. Jesus prayed privately. Luke 9, 18 says, and it came to pass as he was alone praying. Everybody say alone praying. You have to learn how to pray by yourself. Find a way to get alone. That means getting a phone over here somewhere. Turn off that device and turn off this device and turn off that noise and this noise. Find a way to get along with God. Find a way to get along with God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that is so important because the Lord will tell you things when you're alone with him that you cannot get in the clamor of a, of a, a prayer meeting with everybody. You, can't, you, you, you have to be alone with the Lord. But if you'll look just a little while later, it was from in verse 18 that he prayed alone in verse 28 the bible says and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings he took peter and john and james and went up into a mountain to pray so not only did number one he prayed privately but he also prayed in community he prayed with others he prayed alone and he prayed with others i believe we ought to have, have a prayer life that we do by ourselves. And if you do that, you will have no problem praying with others. Amen? Number three, Jesus prayed in times of consecration and revelation. Jesus prayed in times of consecration and revelation. Again, this is found in Luke. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. The heaven was open. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove <coughs> upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Jesus is about to embark on his ministry. And so in times of consecration, you ought to pray. If you need revelation, pray. We need revelation, pray. So we find that Jesus prayed in times of consecration and revelation. Number four, Jesus prayed. Here's a good one. Early. Do I have any morning people in the house today? Praise God. I'll, thank you, Sister Judy. I loved her hand. It went straight up. Praise God. By and large, us morning people are kind of a rare bird. <clears throat> if I just look at the pole right here, we're kind of a rare breed. But can I tell you, even though I'm a morning person, it is hard for this guy to get up early and pray. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy. You've got to force yourself sometimes. You've got to make a commitment to do that. Look what Mark 1 and 35 says. And in the morning, after breakfast and coffee, <clears throat> that's fine too. I mean. Here, here's pray, pray. But here's an example: Jesus in the morning, rising up a great while before day, went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Jesus, our example, started his day with prayer. 
Do you start your day with prayer? Is it just a grab and go when you get up? Can you get up a little bit earlier to go spend 15 minutes with the Lord? <coughs> Find some time. Oh, I want to see what Jesus said. Greater things than this shall you do. Well, if we're going to do greater things, then we have to mirror his prayer life. We've got to mirror his prayer life. So Jesus prayed early. Number five, Jesus prayed with passion. Everybody say passion. Hebrews 5 and 7 says, who in the days of his flesh. See, that's an interesting thing. You got to keep, keep that in mind. When we talk about Jesus praying, it's in the days of his flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplication, listen to this, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Amen. He prayed with tears and crying. Amen. I, I, you read that, you don't find this little, now nah, lay me down to sleep business. This is, this is a, a, our example showing us that, that, that there's sometimes you've got to pray with passion. There's got to be some passion in there. Hallelujah. I know not everybody's the same, but I, 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 you know, when you get to the place of need and the place of, of trial and test, amen, that, that's when that passion can come out. But I want that passion to come out even before that. So Jesus prayed with passion. Number six, Jesus had a habit of prayer. He, had, he made prayer a habit. Look what the Bible says in Luke 22 and 39. And he came out and went as he was wont, or as was his custom. That's what that means. He came out, and as his custom was, he went to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. He went to a place. He found the place of prayer. Amen. He found that 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 habit, that continual. They knew where he was. He was going to go pray. That's why they're saying, teach us to pray. You see, there should be something inside of us that says, "That's prayer's my habit. Oh, you're making it. Yeah, the Bible said pray always. Pray without ceasing. How do you do that unless it's a habit of your day? There ought to be something in, in us that says, Lord, I'm going to commune with you today while I'm working. I'm communing with you. Lord, while I'm going about my business, I'm thinking also, amen, because you can think and do at the same time. We ought to be thinking about the things of the Lord. Keep our minds stayed upon him because he said that you would keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds stayed on him. Make it a habit. Make prayer a habit. Make prayer a habit. Number seven, Jesus prayed before big decisions. <clears throat> Jesus prayed before big decisions. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, he called unto disciples, and of them he chose twelve whom also he named apostles. Before he picked the disciples, he prayed all night. Don't make life decisions about a job until you pray. Don't make life decisions about your family, about relationships, until you pray. 
Jesus, our examples, showed us, showed us that if we're going to make a big decision, we need to pray about it. And if God speaks to our heart, then he's got a purpose behind that. If the Lord tells you, hey, I want you to be here, I want you to do this, amen, there's going to be a reason for it. And stay with that until he comes with another, another direction. But he prayed all night, amen, before he chose his disciples. Number eight, here's one that's very important, and that is Jesus prayed for others. Jesus prayed for others. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, he said to Simon, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Amen. He prayed for others. You will find other things if you study uh, um, John chapter 17 especially you will find that Jesus prayed for unity he prayed for his followers he prayed amen for others well he's Messiah yes he is amen and he's the name by which we pray but he is our example he is our example we, we, we need to pray like Jesus Jesus in his prayer life showed us the key to the miraculous Let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 19. Jesus showed us the key to the miraculous. <clears throat> there was a pool near the sheep gate in Jerusalem called Bethesda. The sick and the blind, the crippled, the afflicted, and the paralyzed laid under five porches near that pool, alcoves near that pool, all waiting for a moving of the waters. Look at John 5, 19. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for the things, what things soever he doeth, those also doeth the Son likewise. What is he saying? He's saying, I want to know the will of the Father, and I'm going to act on that. <clears throat> so now he's at this pool, and we find that, that, that this, this whole pool story to me is baffling. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. The pool story of people saying that the angel troubled the water and they would all, whoever got to the water first would be healed, that, that, that just doesn't ring true in my spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's like, all right, get out of the way. I don't want my miracle. You know, the real sick folk couldn't get there. But old Sally Sue, she's the first one to jump in because she's got a big toe problem. And she's going to get them. It don't make sense. I, I, I'm, can I just be honest with you? It's a mob mentality. It's a me first mentality. It doesn't match. So Jesus walks up on this show. I got a feeling that they had... They had uh, kind of like Disneyland where you got cups and mugs and, and T-shirts and all this kind of stuff. They're all selling around here. It's the miracle, miracle pool. I went to Bethesda and all I got was this cup. <laughs> Jesus walks in among the, 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 the salesmen and the, and the booths and he's... Look at John again. Keep in context that this is, this is what Jesus is saying. I only do what I see of my Father. How does, he, how does he show how to do that? 
We know he's God manifested in the flesh, and we say, oh, he's got a direct access. No, he showed us how to do that by prayer, by communing with the Father. Look at John chapter 5, and as we begin to read verse 5. And a certain man was there which had an infirm, infirmity 30 and 8 years when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, couldn't get to the water. <clears throat> he said, Wilt thou be made whole? The opponent man said, <clears throat> Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, and while I'm coming, another steppeth before me. Said, that just don't make sense to me. I don't know. Y'all been around me now for, we're going on 14 years, y'all. Thank you for putting up with me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It's the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. They had to be some of the ones running the booths. Some were thrilled, thrilled to the miracle. Some were glad. Some were mad. Some were impressed. And some were angry. And Jesus said in verse 16, And therefore did the Jews persecute, the Bible says, Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Oh, my word. The ministry of Jesus tends to make religious folks upset. They were angry because Jesus broke their normal protocol. The Jews persecuted Jesus. That is, they systematically begin to harass him. How dare him break our protocol, mess up our tradition, healing the lame man on the Sabbath, the pools for that. But that's not how miracles work. He didn't wait for the troubling of the water. He didn't wait for some idea to happen. But Jesus come along and he messes up tradition and makes them mad at him. And verse 17 says, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They were so upset and they were so angry, amen, about all this going on. Now you've done it, Jesus. You broke the Sabbath. But Jesus is saying, my father works in the miraculous so I work in the miraculous Jesus is saying I work when my father works he works on the Sabbath I work on the Sabbath when he moves in the miraculous I'm going to move in the miraculous I'm doing what my father is showing me amen where is he showing him that in prayer the man Jesus is saying the father is my source and I learned that in prayer Look at verse 19. Again, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. When does he, when does he learn that in communion, in intimacy of prayer? 
Verse 20, for the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. The prayer life of Jesus is focused on intimacy with his Father. They are one. And we understand that. We understand that Jesus was both man and God. But as man, he is showing us that we must develop intimacy with God. The key to miraculous is intimacy with God. It is having a communion with God. It is praying before the need for a miracle. It is praying before there and having a relationship with the Lord before there's, amen. There's some folks, they want to go seek God when everything falls apart. But Jesus taught us, seek the Father first. Have a prayer life first. Have communion with God first. What Jesus is teaching us here is, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, I want to do that. Amen. It ought to be our prayer. God, whatever you're doing in my life, whatever you have for me now, I want to be doing that. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer is where we find out what we're supposed to do next. I said prayer is where we find out where we're, what we're supposed to do next. That's what Jesus is teaching us. I, sh- I shared with this before with you, but, but personal story here with us is that prayer led me. Prayer led me to the realization of many things in my life. Prayer led me down the path. If I would take time to pray, God would speak to me about directions and show me through promptings and impressions and confirmation through other sources. that That's what, it was prayer that brought us to Medora. It was prayer. It was the prayer of my bishop that eight years before that would begin telling me, you need to come to Medora. And I said, no. He knew because he prayed about it. I didn't. Sister Ruth, many times we'd pull up at Christmas and Brother Jack would say, did you bring your U-Haul? Because Brother Jack had prayed about it and he knew before I did because he prayed about it. You want to know what to do in your life? Go find some time to pray. Don't take a flip, a flip of the coin and a five-minute, oh, Lord, well, yeah, I think I'll do that. The Lord spoke to me. Go find a place of prayer until God speaks to you, and you know it's God. My father told me, you need to come to the door before I knew because I didn't pray. Brother Harold, Sister Irene told us before we ever came, you need to come to the door. I'm thick-headed, Brother Matt. I'm thick-headed. It took me three months of intense prayer every morning at 6 o'clock knowing that God was saying something and I didn't know what he was trying to say. I should have had a clue. My pastor's saying it. My dad's saying it. I got folks saying it in my life. I've got people that don't even live in here telling me. And so I got to have three months of 6 a.m. prayer. Yes, because I understand this. I've come to understand this. If I want to know the will of God for myself, I need to go find a place of prayer. I need to not just wait on a moment that I've had revival and whoop, I feel good about it. No, I need to go pray until I have an assurance in my soul. I'm doing the will of the Father. 
That's what praying like Jesus teaches us. Pray until you hear. Pray until you know. Because the effect of that is intimacy with God. Jesus said, I could do nothing, nothing, unless I hear from the Father. With nothing. Let's look at the, uh, the point there, the last point we have on your paper, and that is the legal authority to pray. You have the legal authority to pray. John chapter 5, verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. God gave the man, Christ Jesus, authority on the earth to operate. Not just because he was deity, but because humanity had to have that authority to operate. The word authority here means to rule or have jurisdiction or, or, or to have operate in a sphere of authority. Authority to execute judgment. The first Adam lost that authority. The last Adam had the authority given back to him. The first Adam had the authority to subdue, but he lost it. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, gave his church that same authority. Remember, God is bound by his word. He will not go back on his word. Hallelujah. You ought to pray the word, somebody. Amen. In the beginning, he gave man authority to carry out legal decisions on earth on the behalf, on his behalf as king. Jesus, as the last Adam came and said, I want to show you how to execute authority. He said, I'm going to show you about casting out devils. You're going to cast out devils. I'm going to show you about healing the sick. You're going to heal the sick. I'm going to show you about raising the dead, and you're going to raise the dead. Not that we are the Christ, but that we operate in his authority. We operate in him. When you pray, you are operating in that God-given authority. Man blew it, but God had a plan that Jesus was going to come and redeem man. Mm -mm. Look at Galatians chapter 4 that shows this. Galatians 4 and 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now we have the authority to cry, Abba, Father. That's a legal right that we can go pray. You have a legal right to pray. You have the legal, legal right to pray. Amen. If you don't mind, turn your paper over. I've got one more point I want to add. We begin in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. This is what he did. Luke 11 and 2. Luke 11, 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, say... Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As, it is, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. 
And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What Jesus was doing is that he wasn't teaching them necessarily a formula to say, but rather a pattern to follow. That when you begin to pray, ah, the first thing you ought to say is our Father. When you come before the Lord, you ought to say, I'm starting with my relationship with God. Amen. I am your child. If you're not right with God, get right with God. If you haven't been born again of water and the Spirit, according to John chapter 3, get right. Be born again. Amen. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the Holy Ghost, whereby you now cry, Abba, Father, by that same Spirit. But you can come in prayer and say, I am your son. I am your child. You are my Father. Therefore, as Father, you are the source. You began me. You started me. You're the source of everything I need. As my Father, you provide for me. As my Father, you protect me. As my Father, you save me. As my Father, you heal me. As my Father, you deliver me. Hallelujah. You want to know how to pray like Jesus? Jesus said, this is how you're to pray. Start with your relationship with God. My Father, as a Son of God, I now have a right to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, let me crawl up into your lap. Lord, let me crawl up into your lap. I want to tell you who I am and what I need. Our Father. Somebody say start with relationship. Start. Here's a challenge for you. You write these down. Next time you go to prayer, just take a few minutes and pray about him being your Father. Go find Bible verses that talk about him being our Heavenly Father. Find out that he's the father of creation, father of redemption. Find everything. There, there's a ton of scriptures where you can find out what it means for him to be our father. You say, you know, pastor, I want to pray. I want to pray for an hour, but I can't pray for an hour. I'm going to show you how to do it right here, okay, real quick. You can spend 15 minutes just on praying, our father, my relationship with the Lord, our father. Then he said, which art in heaven which art in heaven. So what do you do? You say, Lord, you're above me. Lord, you're above me. The earth, my problem, my situation does not contain you. My finances don't control you. My finances don't control you. You're above my health issues. You're above my family issues. You're above my relationships, my Father, which art in heaven. What affects me on earth doesn't control you in heaven. My problems cannot restrict you. My Father, which art, Father, which art in heaven. And then he says, hallowed be thy name. Do you realize that we're to hallow, lift up, magnify and glorify the name of the Lord. You could spend a long time looking up scriptures about the name of the Lord and begin to pray them. I live to exalt your name, oh God. I live to exalt your name. I want my tongue to exalt your name. I want my mind to exalt your name. Lord, let me watch what exalts you. Lord, let me live in a way that exalts you. I'm talking about praying like Jesus taught us to pray. Amen. Hallowed be the
the name. Amen. I treat your name as holy. I treat your name as sacred. I treat your name as, as wonderful and mighty. I trust your name. Some trust in chariots and others in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Hallowed be thy name. Then he says, thy kingdom come. Lord, I want to tell you, you know who you are, but I remind you today, you're the king of the universe. Not just king of my world, but the king of the universe. You reign over all. You reign over all and you are supreme. I live to manifest your agenda on earth. Amen. To glorify you on earth. I want my walk, my talk, my actions, oh God, to give you glory. Hallelujah. You have authority over all the works of the darkness. There is no devil big enough to contain you or break you. I will seek your kingdom first. I will seek your righteousness first. What you want in heaven is what I want in earth. What you want in my marriage is what I want in my marriage. What you want in my life is what I want in my life. What you want in my church is what I want in my church. God, what you want in my family is what I want. If you'll begin to pray that, you know what? He'll show you. He'll begin to show you. Thy kingdom come. Lord, extend your rule in our lives. Your will be done. Whatever you want is what I want. I want. He taught us this. Love the will of the Father. Seek after the God's will for your life. It matters who you marry. It matters what job you get. It matters who your friends are. It matters. Seek God. Lord, is this a pleasing to you? And then if you find yourself in a chaotic mess, you can still find God if you look for him. The psalmist said, if I go to hell, you're there. That means somehow, even in hell, in a situation that is dark, even in the grave, I'm going to find you, Lord. Thy kingdom come. Amen. Why don't you pray this week? I want what you want, Lord. I want what you want. I want what you want. Hallelujah. Then he says, give us day by day our daily bread. <laughs> Lord, you know what's best for me. You've got my best interest at heart. Lord, you know what. I, I don't care how spiritual you are. You can get it messed up thinking you know what the best thing is for you. How many remember Jesus called one of his disciples Satan? Jesus called one of his disciples Satan. I don't know about you, but that hurt my feelings. Do you know who it was? Anybody know who it was? Peter. Jesus looked at Peter because Jesus was saying, I'm getting ready to go and be offered. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. And Peter stood up and said, Not so, Lord. That can't be right. I have a better plan. It sounds pretty harsh for him to use. He could have said, oh, you Beelzebub. Oh, you whatever demon. But he called him Satan. Why? Because that Satan's strategic plan is to make people think, I got a better plan than God. 
I got a better plan than God. I know what to do. I, that's how Adam and Eve got all this messed up is because with the tree of eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were saying Satan tempted them and they thought, ah, a better plan than God. So when we pray, give us day by day our daily bread, we are saying, you know what's best for me. You know what I need right here, right now. You know what I'm going through. You know what I'm dealing with. So you give me what I need. Not what I think I need, but you give me what I need. Somebody ought to pray that this week. You ought to look at your situation that's driving you crazy and got you all frazzled. And you begin to say, Lord, you know what I need. Not what Aunt Sally wants. Not what Cousin Ed wants. Not what Grandma and Grandpa want. Amen. Not what Mom and Dad want. But, Lord, what do you want? What do you want in my life? I want what you want. Amen. I want it. I want it. So we pray. You know what's best for me. You have everything that I need to sustain my spiritual and natural life. I trust you. I rejoice in your provision. I make plans to follow yours. I make plans to follow yours. Another thing that we say when we say, give us this day our daily bread, is that we often pray the prayer of Job. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then he said, forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. What are we saying when we pray this? I freely forgive because I need forgiveness. Anybody need forgiveness? Then pray, I freely forgive. I freely extend grace and mercy because I need grace and mercy. Amen. Lord, you are tenderhearted and long-suffering. I must be the same. Let me be of that same mindset. I forgive, so I let go of bitterness and hurt and anger. I forgive, so I must deal quickly with offenses and resentment and rebellion. I forgive, so I can be free from the bondage of abuse, free from broken dreams and damaged hope, free from personal failure and broken relationships. I want to tell you that there is something powerful about following our Lord's example. He forgave those on the cross before they ever did anything. Wow. He forgave you and he forgave me before we ever did anything. Help us, Lord, to be quick to forgive. Then pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What we're saying when we pray that I am in position of victory because of Christ. I am standing in a position of victory. I will not be defeated by temptation. I will not be overcome by evil. Amen. I know who I am. I'm a son of God. I therefore am victorious by Christ. I dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. My foot, as the psalmist said, stands in an even place. I'm going to stand. I will bless the Lord. His rod and his staff, they're going to comfort me. I will run from temptation and be sensitive to the conviction of the Lord. I said I will run from temptation and be sensitive to his convicting power. My destiny is secure. Therefore, I'm going to make it no matter how dark the night. My future is God's present. I said, my future is God's present. He is already where you're headed. Lord, and if you're already there, you know what's going to be tomorrow. I can't see it. I don't know it. But Lord, you're already there. Lord, let me pray like you. Let me pray like you. Stay with me, please. 
When we say, lead us not in temptation, we are saying, I am delivered from free from fear. I am delivered from fear. I am delivered from worry. I am delivered from dread. I am delivered from doubt. Hallelujah, Lord, teach me the fear of the Lord. I'll trade the fear of the Lord for the fear of man. I'll trade the fear of the Lord for the fear of my problems. I'll trade, I wish I had... Another hour, I'd preach to you some more. I want to trade it. Why? Because it's something powerful when you pray that you break the chains of darkness. Lord, teach me to pray. Lift up your voice right now to the Lord in this place. I challenge you. I challenge you, amen, pray like Jesus. I challenge you, read what Jesus did. Find out, research his prayer. If anything else, just take the Lord's prayer and dissect it and begin to pray it. Break it down, amen, step by step and begin to pray it every day until you find yourself, amen, living it out. Hallelujah. I will run from temptation. I will be delivered from evil. I will be delivered from evil. I will be delivered from this thing in my mind that runs wild at times. I will be delivered from the pressure of life. I will be delivered from it. Hallelujah. I will be set free. I will be set free. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The thing about it is pray and believe regardless. Most of you know my dad, who's a man that operated in the miraculous. But do you know my mom went to her grave having to live on medicine for all of her life for her mind? My dad could never pray and that miracle happened. But I'll tell you what I do know is that my mom and my dad went to their grave loving God and living for God regardless regardless. You say, well, the Lord hasn't healed me of this, and I still got that. I still believe. I still trust him. Hallelujah. I'll still go on. Hallelujah. That's a victor. That is somebody that says, my circumstance is not going to destroy me. I am victorious. Regardless. Hallelujah. Love him today. Would you love him today? Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord truly is awesome. I want to tell you uh, a few Sundays, uh, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that, we preached a message and I told you I'm going to give you my notes. I am working on putting that into a, a prayer guide for you. And uh, we're going to have that real soon after it all gets edited and proofread and everything like that. We'll have it here available for you to, to get a hold of. Amen. I'd like to see us become a deeper church of prayer this year. What do you say? Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.